0: His fever is way worse, and his little snatches of dreams have a dismantled cubist aspect he associates in memory with childhood flu. He dreams he looks in a mirror and sees nothing, and keeps trying to clean the mirror with his sleeve. One dream consists only of the color blue, too vivid, like the blue of a pool. An unpleasant smell keeps coming up his throat. He's both in a bag and holding a bag. Visitors flit in and out, but never Ferocious Francis or Joel Van D. He dreams there's people in his room, but he's not one of them. He dreams he's with a very sad kid and they're in a graveyard digging up some dead guy's head and it's really important, like continental emergency important. And Gately's the best digger, but he's wicked hungry like irresistibly hungry and he's eating with both hands out of a huge economy-sized bag of corporate snacks so he can't really dig while it gets later and later the sad kid is trying to scream at the that the important thing was buried in the guy's head and to divert the continental emergencies to start digging the guy's head up before it's too late but the kid moves his mouth and nothing comes out and Joel Van D appears with wings and no underwear and asks if they knew him the dead guy with the head, and Gately starts talking about knowing him, even though deep down he feels panic, because he's got no idea who they're talking about, while the sad kid holds something terrible up by the hair, and makes a face of somebody shouting in panic. Too late. Hello and welcome, I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day, a production of SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Tuesday, May 15th, 2018. Happy birthday, Brian, and today we're going to consider the entertainment. And no, I'm not talking about the film James Incandenza created in Infinite Jest, but the latest work from the SyncBook.com founder, Alan avedessa Green. Alan, as you may recall, is the author of 2011's Look at All the Happy Creatures, as well as the managing editor of Sync Book Press, which has published eight titles since 2011, which include the two volumes of the Sync Book. He co-created with Bill Klaus and David Plate's Always Record, a long-form podcast that dug deep into the nature of reality and was one of the prompts toward the formation of Sync Book Radio. He was also an integral part of the audio magazine Synchronize as well as the creative force behind Sync Quick News. Now he has another credit to his name, the Sync Book Radio Movie entitled Vision and the Voice, a full-length feature sync film built from pieces of the past. I did not understand this project as he pitched it and began working upon it, and I wonder if the prescience of this was something he was cognizant when he started down this path. Hello, Alan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, thank you, man. It's it's really good to talk to you.
0: You bet. So when did you begin Vision and the Voice? And what was your initial motivation for this project?
1: Oh, um Okay, so like when was uh When was the second Olympia Sync Summit? Was that 2016?
0: Yes, I think so. Right. Yeah.
1: So that was like August. So probably um, like the summer or like the spring before that, I had this idea. And I don't know. I just like I saw it fairly clearly of chopping up old audio and kind of uh, taking conversations that were – Originally very, very separated, you know, some by many years, some by just different episodes of the podcast, whatever, and almost, uh, stringing a narrative together with them in the sense of that they would be talking to each other as if, uh, you know, Bill Klaus from episode three of always record was responding to you from episode 42 of 42 minutes or something, you know, um, I don't know. I, I had this very queer idea and I think I at that point I had probably finished, what was that, like um, Synchronized Season 2 Episode 8 or something, right? Where it was like that that finale where I made like a 30-minute video kind of using um, I would say probably like 70% of it was using Andras' uh, Radio 8 Ball format and turning that into a video, but at the same time trying to play with this sort of collagey, media collage uh, aesthetic and very much inspired by, so like the, the guest for that Radio 8 Bowl was Mark Hosler of Negative Land and sort of inspired by digging into their work of, of media collage, very much inspired by uh, Wally Sherold's Fine Just Fine, of sort of taking these pieces of audio that of his interviews and sort of augmenting them with sounds and, and music and whatever. All that sort of stuff just sort of culminated. And, I, oh, the other aspect would be like Joe Alexander, like talking to Joe Alexander of what was going to be his, sort of his follow-up to uh, Back to the Future, Predicts 9-11. And the the idea sort of got put on the, the back burner uh, for the many, many reasons. Maybe we'll get into, maybe we won't. But uh, I think when I went to... That Olympia Sync Summit, I showed you and Will and maybe a few other people um, just this, like, five minutes of material, some of of which are still actually in this video, that I was sort of, like, that was my pitch to you. Like, hey, guys, can you imagine something like this? Um, And I remember you and Will sort of being like, uh, kind of. I kind of get what you're doing.
0: (laughs) Well, when you conceived of it, it was almost like... You were setting out to, you were like, okay, I need everyone to scour haystacks and see if they can find a needle. (laughs) There might be a needle there. I don't know. But if you do find a needle, please let me know. And then the other kind of thing was, the other thing is, we don't really know what a needle is. So we kind of have to figure out what we're going to define a needle as, (laughs) Like, you wanted us to scour and set off and find, like, magic moments or nuggets or something, and I kept thinking, well, I think that's going to be really subjective, depending on, you know, the person looking.
1: Absolutely. So, just for the record, that was – at the point that I asked people to help me go through the material, I want to say I was, like, I don't know, a good – 40 minutes into this video uh, um, I, I, I did have a, about half of it or, or so done and then th- this is documented in an episode of always record uh, where I said okay I've got about 40 minutes here and the, the time frame and the, the method in which I was using so just to, guess, to backtrack what I had started doing was going to myself through old always records, I think maybe um, I had like a few people like uh, Jim Kincaid and Patrick Savek helping me at that point and just like, okay, going through and f- looking for moments and I was chopping what I don't to make a highlight reel. Let's say I take always record episode one, which was originally like three hours long. And I chopped out like 20 minutes of really good stuff, you know, like, Oh, this is a great soundbite, or this is a great I love this topic of conversation and I didn't know exactly. And, you know, some of that stuff made it in and some of it didn't, but it was just sort of collecting. And I almost thought of it like sifting, you know, if like you have like uh, if you're beachcombing or something and you are like, okay, getting to a smaller amount and a smaller amount and a smaller amount, really refining what were the magic moments. And what I asked of people, I actually found this on my phone. I still have the list of the message that I sent to people Looking for time codes that fit the following. One, senses, anything having to do with human sense organs. Two, perception, relationship to media and language. Focus on perception. I'm hoping to avoid mentioning analysis of any particular film or book rather on how we take it in. However, if the media is mentioned as a reference and jumping off point for the concept, this is okay. Just not looking for the this film means X type stuff. Three, personal synchronicity stories, quote, this crazy thing happened to me. Four, clips that mention any of the four elements, earth, wind, water, fire, the nature of time, dreaming nature of reality. And then five, fantastic little moments that deserve highlighting, hoping to focus on clips that are universal enough to lose their surrounding context. So that that helps um, what I was sort of looking for.
0: Which kind of answers my next question was – is there any internal structure that you are adhering to? I mean, so after viewing it, I realized, oh, this is this is basically the same way uh, the early Synchromystics created sync films, which was they're just watching media, and anything that tickles them, they clip it and put it in a folder. And then later, they would take that folder and create, you know, it's like, oh, there's a narrative here. You know, this is what the synchronicity is leading me toward and they'd create like a a 10 minute youtube sync film kind of thing
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think there's um that's definitely been ingrained in me over the years of working with synchromistics you know i guess if we were more like academics that would be considered cherry picking (laughs) you know (laughs) but it's uh it's sort of like hey it's less of I'm trying to make a point with some of this stuff as much as I'm. You said I'm looking for the things that really, uh, you said tickle me, or you know, the things that really stand out. Sometimes they, they leap off the page. As far as structure, uh, yeah. So you know, as you saw from that list, um, those were sort of that was like my outline of like those were the things that I I knew I wanted to address. But I also I don't know if this is obvious when you're watching it, but there are almost like chapters. I treated it kind of like a book in the sense that there would be a section that, uh, like, for example, there's a section that picks up, Jake Kotsa comes in, and he's talking about um, sy- the early synchromistic exploration from, uh, it was actually a, a clip from Jim Sanders' Gnosis film. yeah. And, um, I took a clip of Jay Kotz and sort of like the, uh, between that and the next Jay Kotz a clip, I sort of viewed that all as like a chapter of here's where we're talking about media and how synchro dealt with that. Um, we have like Andras and Bill talking about, uh, do the, how do these synchronicities occur within media as this quote unquote planned is this the nature of reality is this flow is this sync what is it like so everything in there i sort of viewed as a
0: chapter uh there's it's interesting because i think i thought of it more as as breaths so like mm. the first like really major breath is after after the bad trip that uh, mm. mm-hmm. nemo oh, yeah. nemo has and i mean it it's it's also interesting because I think Rodney Asher like remarked upon that section that he he appreciated it. There is something where the train hits the bed at the right moment to. It's like how did he get it to do that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that's um, all right.
1: So like, uh, just to say, I mean, there are there are other chapters and there's definitely these breaths you're talking about. that are almost like arcs. So there's like uh, this sort of. Oh, what do you call those like a russian doll like nested, oh, y- yeah. nested
2: yeah
1: um arc so like you almost have like your that that break that you're talking about comes in at like 35 minutes it's almost like your your classic three act story you know that's act one um in, in that respect, I, I did use that structure, but then I also used these chapter structures, and then I used these... The musical element is so important that I treated the audio like one long big musical composition that it definitely wanted to have breaths and moments of of ups and downs and the dynamics uh, of, of the sound and everything. So all, all those things really played into it. Now, what you're talking about, that piece, what's really interesting when I... Oh God, this would have been like a, a good year and a half ago I don't know when I first started getting to work on this in its earliest form of just all right so like I had I had taken like a really long time away from probably the last thing I had it was that synchronized episode eight and then I hadn't done anything for like almost a year or so I was in my own dealing with my own breakdown. And then I was like, all right, I want to get back into this. And almost as like a trial thing, I started playing with some – editing together something small. I made like a – I don't know, like an eight-minute piece or something. And a a bunch of that got used. But one of the things that gets used in that original thing, this like eight-minute piece, was going from the Donnie Darko sort of scene into – Uh, What is that, like Pink Floyd's On The Run, I think it is. Uh, And I think that's from Dark Side of the Moon. And I ended up deciding, you know, I don't want to use that. I, I love the Donnie Darko sequence. I think it goes beautifully into this music, but I want it to be something different of what it goes into. And that was like just perfectly that's a synchronicity that's I I had this idea for Little Nemo and like uh, I thought it went well with the topic that I wanted to address of um Bill and and Mark LeClaire and me and David talking about uh, the bad trip experience and I was like oh that would go great with this Little Nemo um it's the, basically the opening of the Little Nemo movie where you show him in this dream world, and then suddenly it turns into a nightmare. And I was like, oh, that would be a great video to go with that. And then I already had this music that I kind of wanted to keep. And then I weighed that video on top of that music, and it was so perfect. And that moment where the train noise is in the music aligning with the train in the cartoon, I, I, my jaw dropped. I was like, holy shit, I didn't that, – that you know, th- this was uh, – a happy coincidence or something of knowing for other reasons why I wanted to try to keep these pieces or what I wanted to do here and then to see them align so magically like that was was shocking and and just perfect.
0: What aside, I guess what were the goals that you set out to accomplish? Did you have that in mind? So the interesting the most curious thing to me is that you kinda of began this project as the community was starting to break down and now mm. that you're kinda of done with the project, what we had and and so I just say this as is, you know, this is life. Things they blossom, you know, the flower becomes and then eventually the flower kinda of wilts and and is no more. And so, at the at the same time, you're capturing the magic of this community. The the flower is dying, and so now you have this document of. I mean, have you thought about that?
1: Oh, I thought, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I I. Th- my mind kept changing. My perspective of the thing kept changing. Like, is this me getting back into sync and getting back into like making artwork? You know, I mean, even if that was outside of sync, or like, what is what is this? Or is this like a last hurrah of like, okay, I'll make this one last thing. Um. <laughs> uh. That that was definitely. There, there was a point where this video was going to be called like, <laughs> uh, Alan Green is dead. <laughs> and it was like, um, you know, basically like this would be the last thing I do credited under that name. And like, okay, this would clearly define the end of this period of my life. Uh, I'll, I don't know if I should say like, there was a pretty brutally bleak point in my life. Um, where I thought like i'll just do this and kill myself when it's done um like i'll just I just have to get this out of me before I do that um, and you know in a lot of ways that just helped me process all those emotions and and both my feelings about the years that I spent with. And I, I, again, I don't even know how to speak about this. Am I speaking past tense or present tense? Because that changes for me every day of what is my relationship to it. Is this something I'm looking back on or something I'm looking forward to or something that I've never lost? And I, I, I don't I don't know how to answer that because that changes so often. But <clears throat> um, I think all those things are in there where sometimes it's like, it's a, it's a reigniting. It's like, Oh shit. Yeah. I remember this and how exciting this was. And there's other times where it's like an obituary for this moment of my life. And, um, I think just all in all, I, again, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question per se, but I do know that it was an unintended goal. Maybe was like this cathartic processing of, uh, all this time spent, you know, uh, this is something we, you, you still do a a weekly show, which I am astounded and, and, and applaud you for your, your dedication. And, and just, uh, I know what that takes. And I think for me, sometimes uh, particularly, like I think if, if my life aspects of my life hadn't have changed, Maybe I would have kept going till I just burned the fuck out. I don't know. But uh, doing it all the time, it's sort of like, okay, this episode's done. Now I got to get ready for the next one or whatever. You don't really get time to sit and, and think about what did I learn, what did I whatever. Um, and for me, going back to like those old always records where like I went into that with a f- tiny little knowledge of Kabbalah or, you know, uh, Marshall McLuhan or any of those things, you know, just like Bill brought, Bill brought that to the table and David brought that to the table and like having these conversations were like, wow, I've never thought about this or I learned something from this friend of mine. And going back to those early moments being like, some of it's ridiculous, <laughs> sure, but a lot of it was like, wow, this was great. This was like going to fucking school or or group therapy, or I don't know what it was, you know, but th- it was fantastic. And there would be days where I'm like, oh, I missed that. I wish I could do that again. And then you sort of get to the point where that wears out its welcome. Even, even for me, like going back to the archives and reaching a point of like, all right, I think I get it. I think we covered most of the bases here. I don't know what else there is to say about it. And I don't know if I need to keep listening to these, you know, like, And that sort of echoes the experience I had doing the show. And so it's it's all this sort of – it's like a reflection upon reflection of reflection of what I experienced both originally, what I experienced revisiting it. Um, I wanted to create something that was like a true representation, but that – the only way to do that, I felt, was to make it uh, not like – abstract for the sense of being weird, but like dreamlike, um, this was such a strange and surreal period of my life. I felt like that would better represent it. Um, that you didn't know what was coming week to week. You know, you could try and plan your next show. You could try and this, but you didn't know what you were going to learn or what news event or what movie came out or what, whatever, like weird things that pop up in the sink or whatever you want to call it that that suddenly like changes the game and that would happen fairly regularly and yeah I, I was I just wanted to try and cram that all in there well
0: you know how the stars have to align for I think it's relay to, so Cthulhu is like underwater asleep for most of the time until the stars are just right and then everything clicks into place. I mean it definitely felt like a clicking into place. So not only did a bunch of like minded individuals find each other, but things in their life were in sync enough that we could create like the structures for you know, just it's the basic, you know, Will and I had the same kind of days off and so Tuesday morning made sense for five years. You know, it's like this totally makes sense. And, you know, I think the same thing can be said for Always Record. I'm wondering about your relationship with synchronicity now and whether or not... I mean, I I go f- through all kinds of different feelings and things regarding my own relationship to it, and I'm not as zealous, but it's still a force in my life. I wonder about your relationship to it.
1: Yeah. Um, well... I think, um, you know, I think I hit a point where I sort of, I acted rather impulsively, you, you know, treated synchronicity like this sort of, I don't know, uh, compass of like, oh, this is what I do now, the signs are pointing towards this, and I sort of acted impulsively of like, this, this means that this is what I need to do. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, shit. Was I just, did, did I read into that? Did I what? Or or did I just not understand? Maybe it was the right thing to do. And I just didn't understand the implications or how that would destroy other aspects of my life. I I, I, I think I sort of became disillusioned at that point, a little bit of like, kind of a fuck you to sink, of like you, you, you know, you, you showed me these signs and you didn't warn me they were going to fuck everything up, you know? Um, and then, and then just the like burnout of, I don't know, you know, Facebook fucking arguments and the whole like,
0: well, that's like personality. Well, so like, that's the thing that blows my mind is like, we could, so there's this weird wind of fascism, right?
2: And right. Oh yeah.
0: We, we knew that was coming so much earlier than when it arrived it's like we're like what the what the hell are you guys talking about what is this tribalism shit what is going on with you and then oh all right here it is totally manifesting
1: yeah so all of those things sort of served to like burn me out and and turn turn me off to that like i just couldn't bring myself every day to engage with arguments over like stupid shit of is the earth flat or is the fucking white people gen- being genocided or like all that shit. I couldn't, I couldn't cope with that wall. I mean, I probably, that was a, a frustrating, it was so frustrating to get our, our thing sort of, you know, in a sense, co-opted and in a sense, um, just like k- k- diverted and perverted and all this sort of stuff. And then, At the same time, these are such real things. Like, of course I want to – so, okay, like here's the thing. For this video, I I had set out at the beginning. I made one of my original ideas, and I had so many ideas that ended up getting thrown out. But one of them was I didn't want to address anything political in this video. I had – that was a sort of early quote-unquote goal of like can I do something that doesn't address anything political? I wanted to make it – again, you know, keep it in the dream or whatever. And then I'm like, no, because this – at some point, it 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 reared its head and it, within the video. Because how do you avoid it? How do you not address the elephant in the room? How do you not say, "Hey, man, our dream is turning into a nightmare"? When this is our our political landscape and our uh, even our corner of the internet, our weird, you know, little uh, what horse we used to call the uh, alternate perceptions community. How do you go from that until like an alt-right you know like where is that where did that transition happen where did all these things happen how did the this nightmare scenario uh emerge how do I not talk about that and how do I not feel a certain way about that um you know we I, I remember with always record I guess I I was the type of person. I, I guess I've always been somewhat of a political person. I, I didn't avoid that with an always record, but I do feel like when I think book radio or whatever, like the the sort of I don't I don't I don't know how to speak of it so collectively. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I feel like we hit this point where, you know. The little fights with uh, the Red Ice crew and these these different things of like, hey, we have to make a stand and now suddenly we're defending ourselves or this becomes a consistent topic of conversation. Uh, it's funny because I criticized Red Eyes for being like, hey, we talked about a whole spectrum of shit and then one day all their shit was about white genocide and all this stuff. And then suddenly I felt like as much as I was criticizing them for doing that, we almost in response to that became fairly singularly focused of like addressing this issue. And then it, it, it in a sense, has the same effect of we still become myopic. I, I would rather be on our team than that crazy Nazi shit. But, <laughs> you know, but it's still myopic in the sense of like, it's forcing us to focus on this thing. It's, it's still cornering our intellect into being in this issue, and I wanted to, to bring the spectrum back. That said, the spectrum should not exclude fighting Nazis and, and addressing the nightmare. Um, so trying to find that balance and, and all that uh, is in- interesting.
0: So, I mean, I think what ends up happening is that to lead a meaningful life We need something solid to stand on, or even at a more basic fundamental level, we just need to believe in something. And so initially, when like synchronicity is this, I mean, eventually we got there where, you know, how do you build a religion based on gravity? It's like, this is a force. (laughs) This is not like a God necessarily. We, We arrived at this place where, you know, what we realized is that, this is a big force that we don't understand that's really interesting but not necessarily something that we we worship like we, we we grew beyond that notion and so it's almost like then what do you believe in what gives your life meaning and and now like i struggle with that because you know what do i believe in i think the, the question for me ends up being well i i think i believe in literature, or just basic human storytelling, there's something fundamentally truthful about that, which I can hang my hat on. And so I, you know, that's how 42 minutes goes on, because there's always, there's always a new look at an old tale. And so that's, that's interesting to me. Um, But, you know, at at the same time, you know, why, why did people, you know, end up where they ended up? And it's like, there's a nice part in your film where the Z- snore talks about Humpty Dumpty and it seems like, you know, that's where we're at, where unless you pick up these shells and refashion the tail so that you have meaning in your life, you, you know, it's this Nietzschean, there's, it's a soup, you know, how do you, what do you do in that soup if, if you feel so empty, you, you know, it's it's the idea of having a healthy ego and then being able to know that like Dustin Hoffman says, you know, you know, we're all part of the same blanket,
1: right? And and but you know, H- Hoffman also said you have to see the blanket truth all the time, and that's um, that's true true in one sense. But uh, okay, so like here's the thing: I think for me, everything in this, I said as I said, there's there's a a bunch of nested structures in the video, but there's um there's a lot of like coming back or 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 speaking to previous things there's this sort of like circles within circles and uh like one of those things is like really balancing hey i have to learn to see this all the time because it's so enlightening or whatever and then you have like that clip from John Kidd, which breaks my fucking heart where it's like and i i sympathize with where it's like i can get fucking lost in this you know you ha- you end up like those those people on. Un-
0: it's a really nice spot in the film, I've got to say, because even though we don't have any context for that for that movie, when Jennifer Conley's racing, you know, I think it's two films too, where I think the the one is a Beautiful Mind, and the other one is like Water or some goofiness, but like she's running through the rain because she knows there's something wrong with her child that's in this bathtub that's filling up. mm Hmm. You know, so like John is speaking about you know, being lost in the maze of synchronicity and how it's almost like becoming a a junkie on some level.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I've I've felt that, you know, I've like, I've lost touch with my friends and family and, you know, romantic relationships and all this stuff because I've got too lost in it. Um, and so, so it's uh this is another thing is like constantly a lot of times i would use this this right so this thing's called vision voice so uh, sound and vision all these things are sort of played into it of like hey this is one message this is another or how does this alter it and a lot of times i would use something to complement it like in that clip where it's saying hey i'm getting lost and and lose, forgetting about my family or or like forgetting the importance of prioritizing my family and that clip from beautiful mind is very much a supporting video clip. And then I'd also do a lot of things where it's like the video is showing one perspective and the audio is showing another. So it's almost like an argument or a debate happening where the two different forms of media or the two different senses are sort of at disagreement. And so this idea of like, do you need to see the blanket truth all the time? Or, hey, man, don't forget to like watch your baby in the bathtub, <laughs> you know, like uh, these sorts of things. Um, I would con- constantly sort of trying to show the other side of the coin or, or trying to almost, uh, again, the spectrum of like let the debate sort of play out but a little more subtly or something, I don't know.
0: There's something, there's a cognitive dissonance in the film at times, and I so I guess so. I think I've seen it maybe three or four times, but each time I watch it, I, I see something new, you know mm-hmm. I, it's almost like a new experience for me because I think it's really dense, and so it's I have a feeling, it's <laughs> here is the fascinating synchronicity to me, so the book club did this this book, Infinite Jest and the whole point of that well, a big feature of that book is that there's this film in the book that's so compelling that you can't stop watching it and it kills you, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you put your film out. But your film and both these, you know, what people do is they put the film on uh, on a loop. So they end up just watching this looped thing forever and ever and ever. But I think what your film does is comment on the... The nature of reality how it's so compelling and looping like your film isn't i mean it does end up being the infinite jest but the infinite jest isn't the film it's life and we're merely saying you know look how ridiculous and compelling this this thing is and then we just keep spinning in circles and circles yeah,
1: you know, uh, LeClaire used to talk about the, like the valis loop and he'd say like, right, like, oh, this is where the, se- the, the seam of the loop comes back around or this is where you have to like flip the record or these sort of metaphors. I sort of wanted – so the film obviously is uh, – if, if it's not obvious, I guess I'm – spoiler alert it's a loop like it's it's uh designed to be an endless cycle but then I wanted to build into that like here's the thing I originally wasn't going to have like end credits or like I I didn't want to have like certain things and I was like no I need to give I almost give you like an escape clause of like here's your traditional narrative in the sense of like beginning middle and end i sort of give you that structure or these touchstones of like opening credits and closing credits as these sort of like hey here's your traditional structure so you can watch it and you can get out and you don't have to be trapped in it and and as well as messages saying hey don't get lost in things and at the same time creating a thing that you can get lost in or you can explore so like you you used to do um like you oh, you obviously wrote the book Winter's Labyrinth and you used to be sort of like very into this idea of the labyrinth that you walk in and you go to the center and you do your touchstone and then you walk back out and it's this meditative process that you can go in but it's not a maze it's not something to get lost in per se it's something that you can find yourself in and then weave again and i was sort of playing with those different ideas of wanting to weave a shit ton of like Easter eggs and hidden things that if people wanted to dissect this and find the breadcrumbs I left for them, then I would give them that that fun, you know, when the, when that's a fun exercise of like, oh, shit, I didn't notice this. But at the same time, something you could get lost in or something you could uh really spend some time in, and at the same time giving these little escape hatches, giving these little breaths or these moments of being like, hey, here's a chance to get out, here's whatever. And um, yeah, it was sort of important to me to – I didn't want to create a trap. I wanted to create um, an adventure or or something. I I don't know. Um,
0: So the the most fascinating thing to me that I realized – upon this last viewing was how perfect your your seam is. And I wonder if you, like, when you found the Laquire, that moment, if you knew immediately, like, that was. Because he goes from speaking about the idea of resolutions and how it's almost impossible to have a resolution to speaking about beginnings and then talking about the beginning of a book and, and like going back to the beginning, like, how, at what point in the process did you find that chunk? And then did you know immediately, like, this is,
2: this is, I this, did,
0: yeah. I,
1: I was originally, it was originally going to start with the, um, that, that Eric McLuhan quote talking about, um, Changing, it's 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 still pretty early on where he says like, why would you take something that was made for the ear and translate it into something that was made for the eye? Because it's essentially what I was doing. I'm taking these radio podcasts and turning them into a video, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is really exciting to me to like address right off the bat. Why would you do this? Like, let's explore that. What are the different senses and what is perception and all this sort of stuff. So that was gonna be my start. And then I I stumbled upon this Leclerc thing, and and to be fair, that's it's not seamless in the sense that that's required editing to get that structure. I sort of like um, again m- made him speak in that what is now a sort of more linear or or, or the, the the fashion that I needed it to be linear, but. Uh, there was enough of it that it was a similar topic that I was like – it was basically a paragraph of Leclerc text. And at this point, I, I actually had a transcript, and um, I just knew. I knew right away. And uh, so I always knew how it would, quote-unquote, end, and I – it yeah, I, to answer your question, it was fucking instantaneous. And the other side of that is he says – you so see, there's, like, all those things where, like, the the last few minutes of the film, he says, break down again. Um, and then I had I just used a few other clips mentioning break down. I did things to, like, make it come back around, and it's, like, life and death sort of – uh, there's death at the sort of end and birth at the beginning, and there's – but really playing with making – chopping up that LeClaire paragraph so that it would be seamless and it would – somehow both be a beginning and an end but also be a direct linear narrative and that was once i saw how i could do that i just knew for sure um yeah that was that was definitely something that just jumped off at me of like oh this is it
0: well i'll I'll say i mean it took a while for me to get it but I think it's fabulous. What kind of, you know, what kind of impressions are you getting from people?
1: I'm, I'm getting really nice feedback. Um, people seem to like it. I don't, um, I don't. I don't. I don't know what to say about that. Like I've really only seen stuff like on Facebook. Um, I haven't. I haven't made a real concerted effort to like try and get it out there. But I, nonetheless, it's it's. You know, within our community, people have responded very positively, and I, I greatly appreciate that. I don't know how this would play outside of that um, to people who aren't in this. Uh, so, so, Chloe, um, the woman that I'm with, is uh, she was not a sink, sink head, you know, she was not whatever. And she tells me, hey, this is something that works as an introduction. Like, hey i kind of get more what you do or what you did after watching this so it might take 20 minutes into it where shit starts to click and i also do things like some of the like more introductory sync stuff comes at like the 45 minute point you know it's like again i'm giving like multiple beginnings and endings and all this sort of stuff but um she's told me that that, that actually gave her better insight I've had a few friends like here where I live now that are just like people that I've met around town that I've become good friends with that I've showed it to and gotten good, really good feedback from them of like, no, it's not something that's inaccessible. And again, I don't, I don't mean this to sound like, uh, down on my side. It's like, I don't know at what point people are just being nice, (laughs) you know, and being like, yeah, man, good job. Or, or, or does it actually work? I think time will, tell and uh if if I make an effort to which I haven't decided yet like um Dennis Cook you know emailed me and he was like hey man like um I watched your video he's not even on Facebook so he was like man I I watched this I don't know how he saw it or whatever but he's like watch this this is great by the way here's my next like here's some stuff I'm doing in this next art gallery and the part of me was tempted to be like hey so here's like a thing. This was sort of designed to to be – at some point I realized the loop nature of it made it like an installation piece, right? So there's something you could show in a gallery that if you walked into a room or, or walked up to a thing, it could just play on loop and you could watch five minutes of it and get what you get out of it and then walk back out or whatever. I go to a lot of things like that, and I'm like, oh, this would actually be a perfectly – and this, uh, before I even finished it, like, I had this idea of, like, oh, like, this could be designed in such a way. And then I had this thought of, like, do I reach out to him and be like, how does one do such a thing? Or, like, you know, Rodney was like, this is great. And I was like, do I reach out to him? Like, what do I do with that? I don't know what I do with it. And I don't know that it matters. I think that's also, like, at the... So there's a... Um, I end up cutting, like, eight or nine minutes out of the end of this, and... Part of that addressed a little bit more the the one of the last quotes of the film where David played is talking about uh, how play turns into the game, and to be honest, you know that that spoke to my experience with SyncBook of like once we had a paid membership and once we like are doing these events and it's like where it becomes something that's like a a job or a business or a this and it's sort of changes your perspective of the thing. It sort of changes the way you approach it. And I was like, am I, is pursuing that, sort of repeating that process of turning it back into a game of like trying to achieve something with it? Or should I just, hey man, you got to process this and you got the catharsis. That's reward enough. And then I'm also like, yeah, but I spent like, two years working on this I want to kind of want people to see it <laughs> so I don't know I'm always conflicted about shit like that
0: do you have a, a what's next or is that not even in, in your brain at this point <laughs>
1: um my what well so like as far as the video goes that's I just spoke to like I don't I don't know what I do with it I just kind of kind of step away for a little bit and and think about that um but the I can answer, like, what's next? Is uh, Zanor wrote a book that I was had started to edit. Um, Kaylee uh, goes by K Pax on Facebook. Uh, great friend of Sync Book, great friend of mine, really was supportive in the process of this video. Today's actually her birthday. Happy birthday, Kaylee. No way. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, she designed the cover to that uh, to Zanora's book. It's beautiful, beautifully, uh, done cover. And then Jason Barrera actually helped, like he, uh, he colored in her artwork and made it even more interesting by like adding his touch to it. And we've been working, we were working on sort of getting this ready for press. And then at some point I was trying to do both and couldn't handle it. And I kind of pushed that to the back burner as like, I need to finish this video. I need for my own sanity, I need to finish this video. And now that that's done, I want to get Zanor's book out there. I appreciate his patience in in letting me finish my thing and, and being focused on that. And now I want to get his book out. So that's definitely a what's next is I want to finish the pre-press for his book and get that out to everybody. And it's not so much, again, is that like refugging starting the engines on the sync book like machinery, maybe it is Um, but it also feels like um, these are just, uh, again I almost like, these are the things I can focus on the things that I actually want to do, I wanted to make this video I want to get Sonora's book out to everybody I think I'm much less inclined to take on projects that I, I, I gave I gave a lot of time to other Projects that some that I was more interested than others, and at this point, I'm like, my time is so limited. I work a job that's kicking my ass and eating up the majority of my, you know, I don't have much free time at this point. What I'm going to give away, I'm only going to give to the things that I really, really care about, and um, it's again it's prioritizing and balancing, and um, but I definitely. It's book. I'm I'm excited to do, and uh, I believe in that project a lot. So,
0: well, that was forty two minutes. Thank you for sharing it with us.
1: Thank you, man. I I'm, this has been a long time since I've done one of these, and this is uh, there's no one I'd rather do it with. I'm, i love you, and I'm glad we got to do this.
0: You bet. You've been listening to Alan S. Green on Forty Two Minutes, production of Sync Book Radio. For more information about Vision and the Voice, visit thesyncbook.com. For more information about The Sync Book, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. I should also break in here and tell you about my plans for the summer. For the past six years, I've done a weekly podcast every month except during the month of August. This year, I'm taking the entire summer off. Well, that's not entirely true either because the book club will definitely meet this summer for its summer edition. But after six years, I need to spend the summer landscaping and cleaning my big dumb American garage and maybe even try and get some writing done. I do have a great list of shows for the fall though and so no worries, this beast has too much momentum. So, if you like this podcast, check out others as currently all the SyncBook Radio archives are free. We also feature a great search engine by our wonderful webmaster Guillaume to help you find what you need all this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com thanks so much and so yo then man I'll show you the life of the mind I'll show you the life of the mind